0: Welcome to American Education FM, everybody. I'm Dr. Sean Brooks. Welcome back, everybody. Okay, I'll tell you what, here's where I want to start. Uh, By the time this episode airs, I will hopefully have given what will probably be my last school board talk in Oxford, Michigan. A few weeks back, I decided to drive there to give a very quick talk. Again, you're only allotted about three minutes. And again, I've been watching their school board speeches for quite some time, and I've been watching what the parents there say and what the other citizens are saying to that school district, and it really, again, has just been grinding on me. Uh, You know, you hear a lot of half-truths, and you see a lot of begging, which I think is rather pathetic. And it's just people, again, just begging that that a criminal organization, which is what school districts are that they end up doing what the parents want and what the citizens want. And of course, what they don't understand is that the Jewish lobby is in control of the entire thing. They control all of American education. This is why education has gotten worse. Over the years, we were warned about this a very long time ago. Of course, back, certainly back in the early 1900s and then the mid-1900s, with the number of books that were written even by politicians here in the United States on both sides of the so-called aisle, warning about Marxism and uh, social-emotional learning and all this other garbage that exists in American schools. So I just wanted to mention this, that the reason that I'm doing this sort of one last time isn't because I'm interested in waking up the people of that town. Who wakes up to the words that I speak is not my, is not my decision. Again, if, if that were my decision, I would have everybody wake up but that's not that's not a call i get to make what i do know for a fact is that when i upload it onto the internet and people see it and some people see it one of those people is going to be a child a teenager a middle school student maybe even an elementary school student and they'll see it and then they'll say to themselves this person is right. And this person, again, is is saying things that make sense to me, and they're also saying things that I knew nothing about. So maybe at this point, it's time that, you know, I, I get off of the fence or I completely leap off of the fence into homeschooling and do that instead. Again, you know, you, you hear numerous times, I would say, of, of endless parents consistently complaining about this, that, and the other. You know, we can't homeschool. We can't do this. We can't do that. You've heard me say on the show that people have to go about it differently. They have to stop trying to recreate what goes on in in a brick and mortar school and and basically do that same exact thing inside of their home. It doesn't work that way, which again is why I've always suggested a becca because it's one of those programs where, again, you, you don't have to stand over workbooks all day long. That it's not It's not designed to be that way, and life isn't designed to be that way. So I just wanted to make mention again that I'm not doing this for any self-serving reason. It's not a look at me, look at me kind of thing. It's never been that for me, and it still isn't that way. It's just that I know that somebody will see it and hear it, and they'll say to themselves, wow, uh, I've been believing things that might not be real. And maybe I need to look into that a little bit more. And then, if again, if that changes someone's mind for the better, then then great. So, anyway, be on the lookout for that. I'll, uh, I'll do my best to upload anything related to that, again, on Substack, and certainly on Rumble and BitChute on my channels there. I'll toss it up on Gab also. And there you go. And not to mention, I get to you know hang out with Jesse James for a little while, and uh, I get to meet another listener of the show a little bit later too, who lives in the state also. And yeah, looking forward to it. Either way, let me get into this here. Okay, I want to start off with this. Um, this was rather interesting, and again, you know, it, it was predictable, which is unfortunate. But there is no doubt that there is a particular club that exists regarding the whole COVID narrative and we are not in that club and it doesn't matter how much truth we know about it there's uh there are gatekeepers who are interested in again perpetuating numerous narratives regarding this entire biological weapon and uh and it's really unfortunate because again they're speaking in half truths which is which is not good again this kicks the can down the road but Let me mention this again. You know, just the other day, this is this I guess would have been on Monday. uh, Senator Ron Johnson had another one of his roundtables with a number of individuals, and let me read off the list of names here because I listened to it. And again, it was underwhelming. That's that's kind of the best way I would put it. In fact, you talk about self-serving; it really did feel like this was sort of a self-serving thing. Again, everybody kind of went around the horn and gave speeches about particular things that they were seeing, and they're not saying anything new. And then, of course, they were talking about um, rights that had been violated and how everybody's rights had been violated. And to be frank, there were really only two individuals who I thought who spoke toward the end who actually did the best job. And I'll get to them here in a minute, but they specifically, again, both foreigners, uh, and, and they both were speaking about the pandemic treaty, the WHO, and what they have planned, and so on and so forth. So I thought that was interesting. But again, everybody else was just like, I don't know, patting themselves on the back. It was very strange. Anyway, the individuals who were there and the people who spoke um, specifically related to COVID-19 vaccine issues were Robert Malone, Dr. Harvey Reich, uh, uh, Jessica Rose, Dr. Jessica Rose. Apparently, Ed Dowd was there also. Of course, I didn't I didn't see him and didn't hear his his talk. Kevin McKernan and uh, Marjorie Taylor Green. Again, I didn't see her either. Um, Barbara Lowe Fisher was there. Uh, Doctor Brian Hooker, PhD. Dell Bigtree was there. God knows why. Again, he's I don't know. He's like he's like the I don't know the the club president or something like that. But uh, he again, he doesn't have anything to offer. He's he's just uh he's a host of a show, God knows who funds him, and then you know, he he does what he does. But I'm not saying he doesn't have good information. He certainly has, but I think he at one point was, if he still isn't, he was Robert Kennedy's uh spokesperson or something like that. He was he was the, he's PR manager for his presidential campaign. So how's that going? Uh either way, there was Dr. Sabrine Has I saw her speak, and then Pierre Corey, I saw him speak, Uh, Dr. Christian Peroni, I saw him speak, Dr. Raphael Lannister, Dr. David, uh, let's see, David Gortler, Gortler, there you go, almost choked on my tongue, and then Laura Logan was there. Um... She, she, unfortunately, again, I will link this in the description below the whole talk so that you can give this a listen if you're interested. You know, again, like I said earlier, it's a lot of half-truths. It's a lot of false history. I mean, she actually said at one point, Laura Logan did, in this very melodramatic um, speech that she gave, she, she she actually lumped Adolf Hitler in with Mao Zedong, uh, V.I. Lenin, and Stalin. And she basically just started naming names, and I thought, well, that, that's that's odd, because they fought against each other. So I mean, Adolf Hitler wasn't on their side. So how is it that he's somehow associated with controlling a narrative and then trying to kill people to con- you know in, in the effort of controlling a narrative? It, it it made no sense. So she's clearly not a student of accurate history, which is disappointing. Um, this one shocked me too. Jason Christoph was there. Now, you may recognize him. I mean, I know that he, I'm sure he has videos all over the place, uh, and I've seen a few of his videos, and again, he talks about brainwashing and mass psychosis and things of that nature. Has a number of memes out there with things that he's said, but I found his, his selection to be there rather interesting. He doesn't, he doesn't necessarily have any credentials of any kind, but he was just there again talking about general brainwashing. And I was like, all right, I mean, I, I guess that's, you know, that's good for someone. Someone's gonna hear that and think, oh wow, you know, we were we were brainwashed. But again, the media doesn't bring this up. Your average citizen doesn't even know that there are hearings regarding the COVID shots, the very things that they took. And they're going around the horn, again, in in all credit to them, they're going around the horn talking about, you know, the death that has occurred. And uh the increase in insurance rates, and that's not an accident, and a thousand other things. Again, the, the fact that the Constitution was ignored and endless people broke the law, and that they all believe this thing to be as deadly as it was. The problem is, is that none of them, and I mean none of them, openly stated that COVID isn't real, which it's not. They said COVID-19 over and over and over again like it's some real virus. I have a problem with that because that's not true. They, of course, openly stated time and time again that there was a pandemic. And during the pandemic and pandemic, there was no pandemic. Never has been. So, again, disappointing. Uh, following Jason Kristoff, though, you had Rodney Palmer, uh, Matthias Desmet, if I'm saying his name right. And then, of course, yes, you guessed it, Dr. Brett Weinstein. And again, this was this was the interesting part. And almost all of them, I should say, and this, (laughs) I'm sorry, this is actually hilarious. This was the funniest part of the entire presentation regarding almost everybody. When the person was done talking, and you can go and watch this, I'm telling you, it's, it's astounding. When every single person was done talking, and you can fast forward to these parts if you want and see exactly the thing that I'm talking about. Almost the first question out of Senator Johnson's mouth every single time, almost every single time. He openly stated and asked them back, again, when they were done talking, he looked at them and said, so who do you think is responsible for this? And then it's just silence. And then they go, well, I I, I think that it's, uh, I think it's globalists. And I think that it's, uh, it's the pharmaceutical industry and clearly they're to blame and, and blah, blah, blah. I mean, they hit on every word except for saying Jewish lobby. Because again, they're the money controllers. they control all of this. They're the depopulators. They're the ones interested in this. Again, you can call them whatever you want. You can call them Kazarian Mafia. They could have said that too, but they didn't. And I have a problem with this again, even even Brett Weinstein said the following, and I'm paraphrasing him, but what he said was is he said, "I'm not interested in who's really responsible. I'm just interested in this not happening again." and i'm interested in us not dividing one another so that we can work together to make sure again that this doesn't happen again i'm sorry that's that's where i differ with these people this is a huge problem these people want to kick the can down the road by telling half truths this is not a good idea um regarding the covid response in other countries there were two individuals one was from canada and then the other from Europe, if memory serves. Uh, Randy Hiller or Hillier was one of them. And then Dr. Soren Titus, no way I get his last name. Uh, Munsousi, I don't know. Here were the last two speakers, and they spoke again about the World Health Organization treaty, the, their so called pandemic treaty. Rob Roos from the Netherlands, if memory serves, his speech was great. I mean, he's got these people pegged and figured out completely. And then Philip Cruz. Um, these two individuals, again, I thought that they, I thought that they were the best. They, they knew a great deal about the World Health Organization, what's going on. Um, if memory serves, at least Rob Ruse has a seat in the European Union, and again, he's speaking out against all of this on a regular basis. But it was, you know, that part of it toward the end was very well done. It was rather quick; it didn't last very long. Um, in fact, let me get to the juice of it here. Yeah uh first of all of course Senator Johnson speaks first about 30 minutes into the clip and then again it goes around the horn and everybody gets their turn um and it lasts i would say approximately 4 hours um anyway i, I saw i saw most of it i listened to most of it and again at the end Ryan Cole gives a speech is very melodramatic and i th- again i thought to myself You know, of all the people, Ryan Cole is the one, and even in his speech, I should say, he says this, which is just terrible. He openly states, he goes, you know, I don't have everything figured out and I'm willing to learn uh, and and even unlearn particular things because, again, I'm interested in the truth and and that's our God-given right and blah, blah, blah. And I thought to myself, well, that's funny because you're the same guy who runs away from the virology lie. I mean, again, virology is a lie. But when he when that's brought up in his presence, he recoils and he gets all nervous and he gets that weird look on his face, like he doesn't want to hear it. And then he, you know, he dismisses it. So he's a hypocrite. And again, I, I just have a problem with these controllers of this particular narrative. But yeah, Ed Dowd's there. He speaks about an hour in. Again, I missed his talk. I missed a few of them. Um, in fact, I picked it up probably around. I'd say two hours and ten minutes in is when I started watching it. So, I, I, you know, I missed kind of the first half. But either way, I will link it in the description below if you're interested in watching it. it um, it's, you know, it, it's one of those things that you can listen to. You don't even have to watch it if, if you're not that interested in actually sitting and watching the whole thing. But it was odd. It was just odd. And it's beyond evident, again, that there is a club and a group of people that are trying to control a particular narrative. And they're, they're telling half-truths, which is too bad. Again, you're not going to see Karen Kingston on that panel. You're not going to see uh, Dr. Mike Eden on that panel. And I should say this, and I'm not making it about me, but you're never going to see anybody from a university or a K-12 school or someone who associated with both sitting at that table and then talking about the mass brainwashing that occurred within the entire education system. And how that's wiped out endless students, endless staff members, and it's causing everybody's health insurance to go up within these school districts. You're never going to see that person. Because remember, education is one of those subjects where all these gatekeepers think that they're experts in it. Like they all want to talk about it, like they've got it all figured out. That's why there's no education person, uh, you know, or someone who's been in the business on TV. It's not an accident. So again, if you're interested, I'll link that in the description below, and you can check that out anytime you'd like. Okay, education stuff. Very quickly with this, Jesse James sent this my way the other day. Uh, This is DetroitNews.com. Judge denies Oxford Shooter's father's request to move trial, but grants other requests. James Crumbly's trial starts March 5th. Uh, Again, he and his lawyer made a motion to try to get the trial moved. It looked like it was the same judge overseeing his trial that oversaw his wife's trial. And he's not going to get a fair trial, and he's dead in the water before this trial even starts. So I'm not going to cover his trial. There's really no need to. The whole thing is going to be a show. Um, They're just going to hang him out to dry. And yeah, again, he's being brought up on the same charges of of four counts of uh, involuntary manslaughter. Same as his wife, he'll be found guilty, and that's it. Then you just hope that the sentencing is light, because again, not a single law was broken by the parents, not one. Not a single law that was broken was brought up in trial for Jennifer Crumbly, and there isn't going to be a single law broken that uh, that James Crumbly broke that had anything to do with his son stealing their gun and then shooting four people to death. Just, it, it isn't going to be brought up because there isn't a crime there. So again, his trial starts March 5th, I believe, and again, I'm not going to cover it, but I'll make mention of the result on the show, I'm sure, and that'll kind of be the extent of my involvement in it. Um, there was this, rather interesting. Brian Stelter, of former CNN fame, uh, again, looks like a pedophile. He apparently is running for a school board seat, or at least eyeing a school board seat, so says this particular website, bnnbreaking.com. It says, former CNN to classroom, or from CNN to classroom, rather, Brian Stelter eyes school board seat in New Jersey. It says, discover how Brian Stelter's shift from media to politics to education is sparking debates and discussion about the intersection of media, politics, and education. Uh, It says, explore the implications of journalists like Stelter entering the educational landscape and the potential impact on public discourse. It says down in the article here, as the story unfolds, the Reddington Township community and observers nationwide will be watching closely to see how Stelter's media background influences his approach to educational issues and whether his candidacy will pave the way for more journalists to seek roles in public service. Uh, it's 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 typical. I'd say that. It's, it's a typical move for him. He needs the power. He needs to feel like he has influence, certainly with children, because, well, he's a weirdo, and predators always go where the prey is, don't they? And uh, yeah, and again, I, this is certainly based around not just the pornographic books that exist in libraries, and I'm sure that'll be part of his agenda, but again, he's a Marxist and he's a communist. So he's going to push that agenda as much as he has to and, again, bring outside resources in. And this is also worth mentioning, if he actually were to win a school board seat, which hopefully he doesn't, but even if he did, uh, he's going to turn that school district further left than they already are, simply because him having been in the media previously, he has a number of different sources and outside agencies and think tanks and whoever else that I'm certain know him and he knows, which means, again, there's, I mean, that right there is where the influence is going to take place. Those particular individuals and those groups are now going to have influence in that school district where they didn't before. Again, if you need a bigger reason to pull your children out of these school districts, let Brian Stelter be one of them, please. (laughs) He's, He's a lunatic. The next thing I wanted to bring up here uh, th- this is a particular story that was sent to me by, again, a, f- a former guest on the show who is remaining anonymous uh, up to this point and will continue to remain anonymous. But um, they sent me this particular story regarding a friend of theirs who was a school teacher. And they told me about this. And then they said, you know, it's too long, so I got to email it to you because I can't text it to you. I said, no problem. Send it my way. And they did. And it's a very interesting story, and it brings up something again, that I've brought up in the past regarding the behavior of HR departments and and how they operate with educators, even based on any allegation, that if you are a school teacher, you are guilty before proven innocent when an allegation is made against you. So allow me to read this story here that that he typed out, and uh, I'll provide you kind of my analysis here at the end. Again, this is very common in American K-12 schools. In fact, it happens almost every single day in almost every district, so keep that in mind. It says the following here, quote, A few of my friends who are married now are both teachers. They met while teaching at the same school a number of years ago. I met the guy in, in this story at the gym probably back in 99 or so. He was a teacher then and still is. They dated for a number of years and finally got married, the two of them, of course, Um, he and his wife. They are both some of the most straight-laced people I know. They literally contacted me about how to catch an animal that had found its way into into their wall, and they released it in a field near their house without killing it. Now for why I'm telling this story. We had a guy's night last week, and five of us went to get some dinner and saw a blues concert at a local venue. On the way home, he told me about something that happened a few months ago that scared him about as bad as anything ever had. He's had a number of different positions in the district he works in and at different schools, from a regular homeroom-type teacher to physical education. He's now a physical education teacher at a school uh, that has a preschool attached to it. Most of his students are around third to fourth grade, so I'm not exactly sure how he came into contact with this little girl. It says a four year old that was at the school told someone else that he said, quote, he wanted to pet her on the vagina, unquote. He had no idea that she'd done this. He was called into the office with the principal, SRO, and a district investigator. They told him what was said by the little girl, and even went so far as to read him his rights. The investigator said that he wasn't under arrest, but wanted to make it clear that he could retain counsel if he wanted to. There was also a student teacher that was in the room when this little girl said that he had told her this. The student teacher corroborated his side of the story and told everyone that in no way did he say anything even close to that to this little girl. It says, from what I remember him saying, I think this investigation went on for a few days to a week. He told his wife that he was scared to death. He told her he literally thought his career was over or worse. On the final meeting, the investigator told him that he was cleared and that they were steering their investigation to the parents and or the child's home. A lot of good that did him for the week or so that he was worried that he could be arrested and charged over something that a four-year-old said that never even happened. I could tell that he was upset just telling me the story. It was late in the evening and I was exhausted or I could have remembered more details about it. Thank goodness there was another adult in the room or he could have had a much different outcome. He told me that he had only seven more years till he could retire. I didn't have the heart to tell him that the idea of K-12 school is about to be gone soon. There is no way I could ever talk him out of staying in teaching. He's in it for the long haul. Not even this would get him to change his tune. I just hope that nothing like this happens to him again. I know that if I were him, there would be no way in hell I'd be around kids that young without there being another adult in the room. I wouldn't put myself in that situation at all, much less as a teacher. I'm just glad that he was cleared. Thought you'd find this story as crazy as I did. However, it did not surprise me at, at all that this happened. He and his wife are both multiple jabbed and won't see what's right in front of them. Both are my friends, and I just hope that it's a long time before I get a phone call about something happening to one of them. They both—they just both drank the Kool-Aid, unquote. Yeah. It, it, this is this, this is unfortunate and again this is one of those things that happens in this business that does not get talked about at all like i said earlier in the show here in this episode this is not it's not an accident that there isn't a show outside of this one that i can tell anyway where individuals talk about what actually goes on inside of the business of education and this unfortunately is one of the things that again happens with regularity Again, in a situation like that, it would be very difficult for a person to not be looked at as if they're guilty before proven innocent. I mean, you know, you have a four-year-old girl come up to an administrator or or approach another staff member and then point at another staff member and then say what that girl claims that that teacher said to her, Um, which again was clearly not true, but it it doesn't matter. That, That individual is going to be detained. That individual is going to be questioned and uh and then again an investigation is going to have to take place with multiple witnesses or you know multiple individuals of course being being interviewed to gather more information um the sad part is that when you're in this environment and you're a, say for example a coworker it's very easy for individuals to just blindly believe what they hear again to bring up my own example uh back when I was a whistleblower, when I moved from, actually, it was when I was placed on administrative leave, when they were getting rid of me in the effort of, again, moving over a school principal from the middle school to the high school where I was currently located. There were rumors that were spreading around me that I was hearing from old coworkers. Now, these were people I didn't like, and these were people who I didn't respect, and and people who didn't like me, clearly, but they were spreading rumors saying that I had been arrested. That I was screaming and shouting, and I was I was taken out of the high school in handcuffs, and people believed that, they actually believed it, and I remember again talking with a couple of friends on the golf course about it after you know after I had uh, been placed on administrative leave and had already decided that I was going to quit, and I, I mean we were just laughing about it. And uh, but but again, it's it's a it's a gossipy environment. That's the environment that that is also unfortunately the kind of person that the environment invites and attracts. It attracts gossip. It attracts females and males who enjoy gossip, and they you know they they get off on that kind of behavior. And of course, it's remarkably unprofessional. But again, that's the environment. Again, not only are there, of course, false allegations that get made all of the time by staff members and by students. I mean, again, students will lie about particular things in the interest of trying to get a staff member fired. This happens all of the time. The problem is there's there's really next to zero recourse for any of it. They might put them in after-school detention or in school suspension and maybe make a phone call home or whatever else, but, you know, rarely do they actually pull the child out of the classroom and say, again, you know, you lied about this particular staff member. We know that you lied. Uh, you know, we're, we're going to pull you out of this classroom permanently. Rarely does that happen. In many cases, they just send that same student right back into that classroom that has the teacher or the other staff member, or whomever it is, that has been abused and and raked over the coals as a result of a student lying about something. Again, I brought this story up a long time ago, but I worked with a teacher, and this was after I had left, but the teacher was accused of hitting a child with a folder, like walking past him and hitting him on the back of the head. They, they placed this teacher on paid administrative leave for approximately two weeks, and then again, it was in a room full of students. what what do they do? They interview the students. I mean, again, put yourself in the the position of being an innocent student in a classroom setting where an allegation gets made, and now all of a sudden you're being pulled out of class and being interviewed about what occurred. Which, by the way, just so everyone knows, that's not legal. You can't do that. And HR does it all the time. Investigators for district offices do that all of the time. They pull minors out of classrooms one at a time to interview them in an adjacent office or an adjacent classroom to ask them about something that occurred. And they do this and record them without being in the presence of their own parent. And these are minors. So you can't do that. You can't interview and record a minor. And ask them questions on the record about something that occurred without a parent being present, but this happens constantly in this business. One of the again, that right there should show people that they ignore the law. Again, the law may be different from state to state, but generally speaking, that's typically how it goes. You't you cannot inter- interview a minor under any circumstance without their legal guardian being present. But even so, again, imagine being that you know an innocent child and you're just trying to do your math homework, and then all of a sudden you've got an investigator asking you about something that occurred and again, it's almost like the investigators don't know that that child's going to go home and tell their parents about what just occurred that day and and how they were interviewed by an investigator while they were being recorded but either way, again, in that particular situation with with the teacher in the folder, she didn't hit the kid; the kid made it up. Uh, and then the kid found his way right back into that same classroom, as if nothing had ever happened. And her entire life was flipped upside down. And I remember the woman. I mean, she was, you know, kind of your stereotypical teacher, nothing nothing fancy about her. Uh, she was kind and very soft-spoken, but that was about it. So, you know, it's it's those kinds of things that, that happen on a day-in and day-out basis. And there's next to zero recourse, very rarely does the right thing happen, but again, fortunately, in this situation, they got to the bottom of it, and they figured out that uh, maybe there's something else going on inside of the home, so let's go check in the home and see what's going on. But yeah, there you go. Again, it happens all of the time, and this is one of those things, again, that's never taught to people in teacher education. People wanting to be teachers in this day and age, again, you got to be a certain kind of brainwashed in order to want to be an educator today. and it, Again, if you, it's not just those that want to be educators, but frankly, in this day and age, it's the ones who want to teach people to be educators. Those people are equally as brainwashed. So you've heard me say the well is dry and the candle's burning at both ends. Well, it certainly is, because if you have the brainwashed teaching the brainwashed to brainwash youth, well, there you have it. There's your enemy, and that's the machine that has to be destroyed. You know, people have to walk away from this. And again, the homeschooling family, here's a story like that, that I just told and that the listener of the show just told, and uh, and they're, they're thanking their lucky stars that they're not even involved or anywhere close to these environments. Because again, that's what their children would be subjected to in many cases. So there you go. Okay, I've got one jab related story here. This is kind of going to be a shorter episode because I got to get on the road here. But um, this is a nice breakdown, I thought. Oddly enough, again, this is from the Liberty Daily, but this is a nice breakdown of the WHO Pandemic Treaty. Now, again, just as a reminder, if you want to read these documents at length, they, of course, exist on my website, AmericanEducationFM.com. And many of these particular government documents are under the Government Documents tab. You'll see a giant list of them there. They're all numbered. And uh, I've gone over this, of course, at length on the show, but I wanted to read this summary because, again, this is, this is good. And again, in the description below with Senator Ron Johnson and, and the talk that he gave with those other individuals, if you're going to listen to anybody talk, I do recommend the last, the last couple of people before Ryan Cole. Listen to the two European individuals speaking about uh, this pandemic treaty they really do a nice job of summarizing it and what they have planned and again how unfortunately these governments and and people in government are going to go along with this certainly people like the CDC and the FDA and HHS again they've you know they've already written out as i've as i've of course written about on my substack they've already written out informed consent it's gone it's gone at the trial level for any, for any trial that takes place, which means, again, if informed consent doesn't exist at the trial level, why on earth would it exist when you, when you buy a drug uh, you know, at a pharmacy? You're not going to find a package insert anymore, or you're certainly not going to find an accurate package insert on the drug that you're taking, because there doesn't have to be one anymore. So you can't say it's not a depopulation agenda when they're willfully and knowingly keeping information from you. But anyway, this is titled, WHO Pandemic Treaty Normalizes Bioweapon Development, VAX Experiments, and Gain-of-Function Research. Now again, the definition of of, of gain-of-function means playing with poison to make sure that it makes its way inside of the human body so that it elicits harm and or death to said person. That's what gain-of-function means. Again, it's code language. They use it in, in laboratories to make it sound like, to the, to the general public who's unaware, the gain of function means, well, we're trying to figure out how particular viruses make their way from point A to point B, and why is it that one thing can make an animal sick, and then it makes a human sick, and so on and so on. Again, it's, it's Occam's razor all over again the answer lies and the truth lies in the explanation that requires the least amount of assumptions. It's them just playing with poison to see if they can inject it into you and then kill you. That's it. That's the real answer. That's what gain-of-function is. So, here's what it says, and again, this was also from Natural News. Says the following, quote, in an effort to normalize bioweapon development and predatory vaccine experiments, the World Health Organization is pushing every nation to sign a pandemic treaty that would would require nations to participate in bioweapons development, gain-of-function data sharing, and DNA surveillance. Sounds about as evil as it could get. It says, Critics of the treaty warn that this global pact is nothing but a power grab that incentivizes the creation of a biomedical police state. Critics also warn that by centralizing gain-of-function data, it would be impossible to trace the source of future biolab leaks. The treaty would enable perpetual experimentation on human populations through pandemic propaganda campaigns or through new vaccine and testing programs that are mandated into existence. It says the WHO's pandemic treaty would continue to disguise bioweapons and vaccine profiting, or profiteering rather, as pandemics, quote-unquote, that require fearful obedience. It says with WHO and its financiers calling the shots, we know who they are, all future biolab leaks could be hidden and disguised. Any investigation into misconduct at these biolabs would be forbidden. WHO would immediately call lab leaks conspiracy theory or misinformation. This is currently how the WHO and its body of experts handle any inquiry that comes their way about COVID 19, and it is, it is exactly how the WHO helped quash investigation into the very real possibility of a laboratory leak for SARS-CoV-2. Now again, there is no SARS-CoV-2. There is just a poison that was created in a lab and then found its way into injections. That's it. You inject people, they shed on others through electromagnetism, you crank up 5G, and then people have all of the symptoms of what they thought was COVID. Sorry. Doesn't exist. It continues here and it says Director General of the WHO, Tedros Adnan Jabrisis, has struggled to garner global support for the Globalist Pandemic Treaty. The treaty would help normalize predatory testing and vaccine development, which requires gain of function research to understand how pathogens will infect and harm human populations. The WHO claims the treaty will help prevent future pandemics, quote unquote. However, As seen during the COVID-19 scandal, there are several multinational business interests that seek to capitalize on pandemic messaging, fear-based propaganda, and the ensuing hysteria. COVID-19 testing programs, which failed from the start, are just one of the lucrative business plans built into the pandemic treaty. Further, mRNA experiments will continue to bring in billions of dollars for pharmaceutical companies as governments are leveraged to enforce unlawful mandates onto populations. It continues, but let me spend a second again on the testing. This again. This is one of the things I'm going to tell the old Oxford crowd. The tests are fake. They're predetermined. Those Binax Now tests and the PCR tests and any other test for quote-unquote COVID is, is, again, as is useful as pissing on a rock and then looking at the rock and saying, well, the rock says I have COVID. No, you're being lied to. It's money laundering. It's fraud. It's a scam. It's a thousand things. And again, these test companies knew what they were doing. They knew that the thing that they were creating wasn't, wasn't, uh, wasn't accurate at all. They knew this, but they knew that there were suckers out there. Endless suckers, school districts in particular. Again, remember all the COVID testing nonsense and all the rules and regulations that they had for staff members, students, parents, etc. It was all fake. All of it was a lie. They had them taking pictures of their COVID tests and then sending them to administrators and saying, here's why I'm not coming to school. I still have COVID. I took five tests before I got a positive test, but the one positive test says I have it, and the other four that I took said I don't, so I must have it. I feel fine, but this little piece of plastic on my table says that I have it. (laughs) I mean, think about that. Think about that. That was all a part of the plan. It was all a part of, again, the money laundering and the suckers who would spend $25 for a Binax Now test at Walgreens, go home, you know, they had no idea that they could run a Coca-Cola over top of it and it would test positive. They could run a blacklight over top of it and it would test positive. Again, the gullible are the easiest to fool, in particular when they're in groups, because then they'll all fall for it without even thinking. It's pathetic. continues here, and it says, WHO's pandemic treaty will continue genetic surveillance and exploitation of human immune systems, which again, by the way, is what the testing was all about and the contact tracing. That was all, that's exactly what it was, which is why COVID stands for Certificate of Vaccination Identification Artificial Intelligence. It doesn't stand for Coronavirus Disease 2019. It goes on here and it says, as the world has learned, developing pathogens of pandemic potential does not prevent future pandemics. Well, there was no pandemic. Pandemic messaging can be created out of thin air, it says. Yep. And biological threats can be leaked, whether accidentally or intentionally, so that big pharma and other nefarious special interests can take advantage of populations. Yeah, that's what happened. But it wasn't something they squirted into the air, and then people just started breathing it in. I'm not doubting that chemtrails can cause harm to people. Not doubting that for a second. But this was flu shot related in 2019, 2020, and then again, kicking the 5G up to 11. In particular, in Wuhan, China, where there's 10,000 5G towers within a, a square mile or something like that. I mean, they were just cooking people over there. It continues, it says, according to the treaty, government officials, researchers, and workers across sectors at the local, national, regional, and global levels should implement joint responses to health threats. Yep, they all work together, and they're all Fox News watching zombies, and they all believe everything their TV tells them. That's why, again, if they pull this again, law enforcement's going to believe it. They will believe it because law enforcement takes orders and that's a dangerous scenario. It says the treaty continues and says quote this includes developing shared databases and surveillance across different sectors and identifying new solutions that address the root causes and links between risks and impacts unquote. The article continues and says the treaty requires all countries to obtain and sequence the genomes of the pandemic pathogens they collect. The countries are then required to share the most dangerous and deadly agents with WHO. Participating countries are also required to construct genetic sequencing labs, which paves the way to sequence everyone's DNA. That paragraph is just pure evil. There's no way around it. It's not pathogens they're going to be sharing with one another and talking about. It's poison. They're going to be talking about poisons that they are creating and then sharing that fairy tale of some virus existing. And then again, they create a shot for the gullible to take. And then again, they'll take it. It says WHO failed to fully implement vaccine passports during the COVID-19 pandemic test run. These databases and surveillance systems will rely on more vaccine mandates and coercive testing systems that enhance the genetic surveillance of the population. Final paragraph here, it says, as WHO collects genetic information from populations around the globe, the threat of race-specific bioweapons becomes real. As vaccine data, rather, is shared, governments and AI systems can learn how to exploit the cells Of select demographics. This will lead to an exploitation of the human immune system, and AI systems can be trained to find the best ways to profit from human disease. This is already taking place with new mRNA platforms and boosters, quote unquote, that are adjusted to reassemble the next coronavirus variant. Of course, there are no such thing as variants, it's just different immune systems and then different symptoms. That's what they call variants says this disease profiteering will inevitably extend to new releases of aerosolized, aerosolized rather bioweapons and new declarations of pandemics, quote-unquote. It says free people around the globe must break free from this global system of bioterror and propaganda and work together to deconstruct predatory bioweapon and vaccine development, unquote. Yeah, that's putting it mildly. But again, to bring it back to the very beginning of this regarding Ron Johnson's talk this is this is the problem that i have with this if we aren't on the same accurate page and we are on different pages about what is going on here then we are not learning our lesson if there are still individuals leading the discussion like the robert malones of the world talking about mrna can be a good thing and There were certain populations where taking the shot could have worked, but not with the younger people and all these half truths. And again, slowly learning about what's really going on, which is a depopulation agenda. If these people don't change their tune on who the enemy really is, again, the Jewish lobby, every single private organization that exists within the United States that again pushed all of this and pushed this giant narrative of the COVID lie. And if people aren't calling out COVID as not being real and getting down to brass tacks, then we're not learning anything. And again, if we don't learn anything and we don't call out the enemy and we don't clearly state what happened in the past and how actually rather easy it is to explain to a number of different individuals who, again, are completely brainwashed and have no idea what's going on, well, then they're all going to get tricked again those people will get tricked. We won't. But again, the controllers and the people, again, who are going to try to control this narrative, they're going to be the problem because they're making, they're making false statements and they're continuing to make false statements as I've even read on the show regarding Dr. Mike Eden and what he stated regarding those, those gatekeepers. He's right. He's right. Saying that COVID could have worked for a certain population or a certain demographic or age group, but it didn't have to, you know, it, it didn't have to be pushed on everybody. No, that's false. It's a biological weapon that kills everything it touches. That's the whole point. It damages people's DNA permanently. There's no repairing that. This is what people have to be able to grasp. So again, I recommend, at the very least, listening to The last two individuals from Europe in Senator Ron Johnson's talk before Ryan Cole speaks, Uh, they do a very good job breaking down, again, the WHO pandemic treaty, how they can basically, again, they they can shorten the timeline of that so-called treaty and when they make the decisions on it anytime they want. They are a... uh, Well, they're global government. There's no other way to put it. They are global government. They are a wing of global government. There's no oversight, and they have to be destroyed. Them and the WEF and all these other think tanks and global controllers, they have to be destroyed. So that's where I come out on all of it. With that said, ladies and gentlemen, again, stay tuned here for my little talk, assuming that I get the chance to to actually make it. Uh, We'll see what happens. But again, stay tuned to Rumble, BitChute, and Substack, and certainly Gab. And uh, I'll put that speech out there, and you you can move it around if you want, and show people, and there you go. With that said, everybody, I'll catch you on Friday. Peace. Thank you for listening to American Education FM. Make sure and check out AmericanEducationFM.com for more information. Take care, and God bless.